If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. everybody and welcome to the last installment of the fancies fanbyte.com's 2021 game of the year festivities i am your host jordan mallory podcast producer at fanbyte.com joined here with me today in holy matrimony no that's not right <laughs> is uh three of my uh esteemed co-workers who uh are all here to talk about various video games in uh, some fashion um, in no particular order, we have uh, fanbyte.com editor-in-chief, Danielle Riendo. Hello! It's here! It's the goatee! It's the goaties! We're here! It's the go- oh, we're here, sir! It's Christmas here, Day, sir! sir. <laughs> Why, it's uh, Christmas also- Day of the goaties! <laughs> also, is it Christmas Day? No, <laughs> it might be Christmas Eve. We'll find out. Um, also here is Guiding Light Colin. Hello, and a very fanciful day to you. Uh, thank you, thank you. I, I do feel fanciful. And, uh, D- Dylan. Hi. Dylan. Hey. Dylan, Dylan what, what's your, is your, is your title different? It's just guides editor, I don't know. Just guides, okay. And also here is guides editor, Dylan. Yeah, welcome to the goaties of Christmas present. I'm sorry. Well, I do love presents, so thank you. Well, what'd you get me? This is beautiful. A Cheez-Its, wow, I love Cheez-Its. Yeah! Thank you, Dylan. Well, uh, we are all here today. You've already heard the other three episodes of this thing, so you know what the deal is. But in case you are listening to the uh, fourth episode first, because it's the top one in your feed, <laughs> the thing that we're doing is like a real laid-back, chill, Game of the Year hangout sesh. It's not going to take up eight hours of your time. We're not going to argue about stuff. Instead, everybody at fanbyte.com created their own category and is here to present the winner of their category for discussion. We don't know what each other's categories are. We're going to find out here with you in real time through the magic of the internet. And to start things off, Chief, what's your category? Oh, well, I picked a real winner, I think. Uh, not just in terms of what won the well, category. Well, we all had to pick winners for our categories. Yeah. No, I'm saying that yeah. my my category itself is a winner. And oh, also okay. I picked a winner for the category. So we've got a win-win right here. And my <laughs> category is best Breath of the Wild. Okay. Are you are you excited to hear what wins best Breath of the Wild for 2021? Is it, is it Hitman 3? 
It's actually not. It's actually not. <laughs> I had a different one for Hitman 3. I don't even remember what it was. I'll look it up as we chat and I'll like, I'll tell you. It'll be a fun surprise for later in the episode. Um, but Sable is the best Breath of the Wild here in 2021. I don't know if anyone else at the site played it. <laughs> I'm not sure if they did. I think probably a couple of people did. Uh, but Sable really is a truly gorgeous, very, very indie in every sense of the word, uh, basically a Breath of the Wild-like. It's a giant open world. It's super, super pretty. It looks like a French comic book, basically. Uh, very cel shaded and pastel. Yeah, Spe sorry, what was that? Specifically French? Well, like, it's very, like, Mobius-inspired. <laughs> like, it's very, very, very um, gorgeous pastels with, you know, thick lines and gorgeous, gorgeous music. But it's not really just the aesthetics that do it for me in this game. Um, they do. Uh, but it also really is a game that is massive and giant, and the fun of it is exploring it, is sort of traversing it. You are doing a lot of the things that you do in Breath of the Wild. You're sort of floating everywhere because <laughs> mm -hmm. you have like a cool floating ability. So you're going from extremely high places and floating for like minutes at a time. You're climbing. You have a stamina meter that you can upgrade. Uh, so you're doing a lot of climbing, a lot of jumping. Can I jumping, put on a cool headband climbing. to increase my stamina gauge? You absolutely do. Although that doesn't hey. increase your stamina. So you get cool outfits. There's tons of customization. There's tons and tons of outfits and masks and cool stuff and paint and like other ways. You have, instead of a horse, you have a very cool hover bike, mm -hmm. uh, which you can also customize and make it faster and make it more uh, handleable. I'm sure there's a word for that. Make the handling better. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Drivable? Rideable? Ri Rideable? Drivable? Hover bikeable? I don't know, something. Something, motorsport. motorsport. Yeah, it's a motorsport thing. Paul, producer Paul, uh, thank you for giving me that. Motorsport, motorsport. Uh, right there, that's very, very good. Um, and you're also not fighting anything, which is the best. No <laughs> so combat. you're doing all the cool traversal, exploration stuff. There's tons of story that's very, you know, you're talking to people. It is this sort of interesting world where you get the sense that, oh, something's going on here. Uh, clearly, you know, some spaceships have landed and crashed, and that's almost sort of the uh, where a lot of the technology comes from in this this sort of society and all sorts of fun story stuff. But also, you you, you don't have to bother with fighting shit. You're just mm -hmm. climbing and jumping and exploring and having story time and floating and being a chill, and you're in the most beautiful places in the world. And it really does, I think, scratch at most of the itches that something like A Breath of the Wild does. And it does it with like a, you know, a tiny, tiny little team that was able to really kind of put their mark on it in a way that only smaller games with smaller studios can do. They can have that kind of, you know, more quirky sense, uh, not just to the story, but to every aspect of it, to the art style, to the music, to every kind of little aspect uh, that feels very, very, very sort of homemade and homespun in the game. So I really, really, really liked it. And I liked that it did all of these things so well. Uh, there's also no weapons degradation. I know somebody on this staff has a feeling about that. <laughs> somebody Only does. one person. Though. Only one person. <laughs> Only one person has yeah. an opinion. We're not going to say who it is. We're not going to say whether it's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we're gonna. We're, exactly. The internet will will be very uh, kind to us about our thoughts on weapon degradation, as they are always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be yeah. good. Yeah, as someone who's only good. played uh, like 12 hours of Breath of the Wild, this sounds like Breath of the Wild to me. Yeah. It yeah, does. It, and I'm 
interested, Danielle, how, like, since the storytelling seems to be such a big part of this thing, how, how is the writing in this? I like, dug like it. what yeah. is it? Is it twee? Is it like futury? Like what, it's, where would you, where would you kind of nail it down? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a really good question. I think Meg Jayanth actually was a writer on the game. Uh, if you know her work, uh, she's, she's pretty fucking awesome. So I, I was a fan. It is a little bit of a coming of age story. You're like a teen who's like, you know, you get the bike as like a, you actually, it really much, it really very much does start like Breath of the Wild. You're sort of in a container area that teaches you everything, how to play the game the same way mm-hmm. that, you know, the sort of the first plateau did. And then you get your bike and then you're out into the open world. And of course the, uh, the music, which is by the, um, one of the artists on Japanese breakfast did the soundtrack, uh, which is oh, really cool. cool. So like that, that music like comes in and you're just like, holy shit, just the same way, you know, when you finally get out into the world and breath of the wild does. Um, but yeah, it, it does have that sort of coming of age narrative, but it's, it's, I think the writing is sharp enough, uh, to kind of hold my interest no matter what. And it really is just more based on quests and how you want to go through the world, things like that. People interact with you as if you are like, oh, all right, you're in your, there's, there's a term that they use and I almost forgot what it was because it has to do with that ability to hover. Like mm-hmm. apparently you only have this for Puberty. a little while as you're exploring the world, deciding what you want to do with your life. So it's like, you know, <laughs> you're in this well, quest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it though. Um, and a lot of it for me is not just the sort of, um, you know, written story and dialogue, which I thought was very good and very cool. And there's tons of different types of people in the world and things like that, but also the vibes of it, like the, the big open world, this is a massive place for you to explore and kind of have your own little story with it really, really appealed to me. I definitely had that moment a few times where I just put the game on and listened to the music and looked mm, at the world mm-hmm. and kind of felt like, here I am. I'm in this character's shoes. I'm, I'm in this world. I'm enjoying this. So that sort of inherent narrative of, yeah, I'm in this. I'm in this world. And it's amazing. Uh, it was so, very, very, very pleasing. So you've described a lot of stuff that sound, that a lot of these traversal mechanics of hovering and climbing and yep. gliding and, and doing. What is What are you actually, like, doing in yeah, the game? Like, your quest, point- like, what are your objectives? <laughs> Yeah, you have a ton of little story objectives. So you can go follow like, oh, what's up with these spaceships? Oh, go find this person and do this. So there's tons and tons and tons of quests. Mm -hmm. But basically, the whole idea is you're supposed to get masks. So you do certain activities and you get masks for like different jobs that you might have in the world. And I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't finished the game yet. So I'm like, I don't know, 20 hours that I've put into it. I'm doing a lot of just vibing and exploring and enjoying and going on different quests because I don't really want to get to the end mm-hmm. not anytime soon. I kind of want this to be my vibe game for the next few months uh, because it's suited me very well for that. But the sense I get is that you kind of make a decision at some point about like, oh, this is you're going to be, a, you know, an engineer type or you're going to be this type of person. You're going to do that type of thing in this world. And it's all about like figuring out what works for you and what choice you want to make as like an end goal, which is I think pretty fucking cool, actually. I think yeah. that's like an awesome kind of goal instead of like you're defeating a monster. It's like, nah, figure out what you want to do with your life, dude. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, and I will say, like, I don't think the game is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mechanics are tight enough. Like, I think the controls are very responsive, especially for the hover bike stuff. Um, you're doing a lot of platforming, uh, but there's no... There's no real dying in it, and there's no, mm-hmm. re- you know, obviously there's no combat, so things don't need to be 
as tight as they are in something like Breath of the Wild. Like, I think it would be very frustrating if there was combat in this game. I think, like, it's not quite sure. tight enough to be like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a perfect platformer or a perfect, you know, traversal-based game. Uh, but because right. that challenge level isn't there and, you know, kind of the only challenge is just figuring out what to do next and what you feel like doing, it's perfectly appropriate for it to not be, like, that tight or that mechanically, you know, on point, basically. It's it's so it's a little loosey goosey, but it never comes up. Yeah, and really. it, it's never been a problem for me so far. And I've done plenty of the platforming. Uh mm-hmm. and the climbing is pretty it's pretty forgiving. It kind of always yeah. gives you that extra little bit at the end, you know. You I, always I think need the that developers extra knew. Bit. Yeah, you get that little you get that little jump at the end. Kind what of happens thing. when it rains? I don't think it rains. There is lightning though. Yeah. But only in one place. Yeah. There's like lightning crystals. I've definitely had to go get some lightning crystals. <laughs> Do you have to like, is there a speeder bike race at any point? Oh shit, I bet. I mean, yeah. I haven't done one yet, but I bet. There's lots of bikes in this world. That's how people like they have their bikes, you know, they have their little like bike club and stuff. There's a city that's like very open world city-ish, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. And again, everything is this very, very cartoony style. Uh, has a lot of personality, has a lot of kind of spark to it. Uh, so, yeah. so you're you're mainly just talking to people, right? Because talking to people, running around, jumping, climbing. Hanging you're out. getting stuff. You're getting things for sure. Like you are like you are gathering collecting materials. Things. Okay. Yeah. Because like, what? How do you? Because in, in my mind, okay, if there's no combat, then where do you get your materials from? All like, over the world. Is yeah. there? Is there? gold that you pick up if you're populating an open world city but there's no combat like what are the merchants selling you are there yeah. a lot of like things puzzles for- things like that yeah yeah tons of stuff like that like it, it really is a lot of oh that's an interesting geological feature I bet there's stuff there and there's always going to be mm. stuff there it's a lot okay. of that there are a few collectibles uh, nothing too wild it's not like most of what you're doing is like you need to get 22 fuzzy watts it's like it's not like that by any means it's more like there's going to be something there, either like currency or an outfit or, you know, something to paint your bike with or mm-hmm. just an item that you can sell for for currency to upgrade your bike parts or things like that. Um, and then, of course, you are always going on little quests like, hey, this merchant needed, I don't know, three beetles. Got to go find some beetles. Here's where to do <laughs> the beetles. And there might be a puzzle associated with the beetles, things like right. that. You know, everybody Ringo knows you there. need four beetles. <laughs> Minimum. Ringo's there. Paul mm-hmm. is there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. It's very good. It is interesting though that that uh, so much of of these mechanics in modern games, Breath of the Wild is the obvious parallel here. But like every other game, basically now action game funnels all of those things through combat, right? That in order to get these materials or this currency or whatever, you have to participate in the combat aspect of the game. And yeah. Um, maybe I'll check this out to find out. To, I would because I'd be really interested to see how a team goes about doing these these same open world mechanics, but in a world without combat, uh, but with hover bikes. It's so amazing how much you don't miss it. I mean, at least me, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> like I, and it's not that I don't like combat in games. I just don't always find it very interesting. If there's nothing super mechanically interesting about the core conflict in a game. Like, obviously, I love something like Into the Breach, which is a strategy game about squishing little buggies and shooting them, right? It's not (laughs) like I don't like combat. 
It's just that's interesting to me. Shooting things is almost never interesting to me in games, and that's fine. Like, different people like different things. But it's amazing to me how much the Zelda style of game is a lot more fun without a sword, uh, which hmm. it probably sounds like a weird thing, but it's it's really true for me, and especially as it's done here. Well, I respect it. And people Thanks. who want to check out... Uh, the winner of the, the people who want to check out the best Breath of the Wild this year uh, can do so on Game Pass, right? It's on there. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. That's how I've been playing it. It's it's awesome to me that it's just on Game Pass where it's just like, oh, this massive, awesome, cool game. This and Psychonauts were my big like, holy shit, these are on Game Pass? <laughs> game Pass is, is continues to be a very uh, strong value proposition. Uh, well, Danielle, you you may not like shooting, but around here we do like shooting the breeze. Ho ho! Oh, look at that! That was so cool. Huh? Ho ho! Huh? Are we feel, feeling it? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I've passed away. Uh, Jordan, uh, I speaking, love that. Jordan, no, it's good. No, okay, don't feel bad. You. That was thank good. You. No, all right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. it. Don't, don't encourage. <laughs> no, no see, I'm encouraging is, him. This is Jordan the is leadership. Good. That I can count on from Danielle is to <laughs> is to back up my my bad decisions uh, at all at all times. Good decision, and you should carry on the wind. You should sail on with it with your metaphor. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'll Get my rudder like and my bird. sail. <laughs> okay, great. See, I'm doing um, a lot worse. So you feel better. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, Guiding light, Colin McGregor. Yes. Uh, are Are you ready? I suppose. Uh, so for my category, I'm actually changing it from what I initially, uh, wrote down <gasps> because I needed to be, cre- yeah, big shocking twist in the, in the, in the final Fagotis in the final hour. Uh, my category is most fucks said in a single playthrough. Now, <laughs> now, now I have to, I have to, I have to preface it. There are stipulations. Okay. No, now, is, this, is this fuck said by you or by yes, the video? Fuck game? said by me, not by the okay. video. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. That's, that's clear. Is, okay. Uh, right. No multiplayer games allowed because that's cheating, mm-hmm. um, and and it has to be a game that came out this year, so it can't be like an expansion. Or anything like that. And the winner of this award is Little Nightmares Two because I don't know <laughs> if I have played a more stressful game than that this year. And did that come out this year? It did. Yeah. It came out at wow. the very beginning of the year, and everyone but me forgot about it. But that's why I'm here. At mm-hmm. the fancies to remind you all that this and Hitman Three came out in 2021, <laughs> and you need to keep giving it awards. God damn it! Now, uh, so for those who don't know, Little Nightmares Two came out. I want to say February. Uh, it was. Fe- I be- think. I believe. It was early. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was late uh, January, early February. Um, it's the sequel to Little Nightmares One. Uh, you play a character called Mono who is a little boy in a paper bag hat in a very terrifying uh, world where kind of like, it's it's like a mix of Coraline and like Tim Burton, but everything is somehow more terrifying and murderous, uh, mm-hmm. which is hard to, <laughs> hard to imagine, but it's, it, that's kind of the world. Um, it's a side scroller. It's a platformer. And much like Sable, there's, there's okay. There's a little bit of combat, but you're mostly just running for your life uh, mm-hmm. from the horrors. But and I normally, Jordan, I normally, I normally hate these kind of games. I hate 
uh, horror games where you're defenseless and you just have mm-hmm. to run and hide. Like Outlast is a horror game I just don't like. I don't find that entertaining. I think that's a really cheap way of inducing scares. But uh, I think it's the 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 mix of art direction and and the side scrolling that really kind of like captures Little Nightmares' uh, own unique brand of horror because mm-hmm. it's very it's very surrealist in how it uh, displays. Uh, it's creatures in the way you kind of like because you're mainly just running and solving puzzles and those are your like two main things but there's a there's specifically there's a there's a bit in in a hospital um mm. and i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know when we as a collective human species uh, or even in games media decided that mannequins need to move Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Silent Hill 3 is when that happened Was it Silent Hill 3? Because I remember mm-hmm. Condemned had that section And it it scarred me for life And I, I oh, so it is Silent Hill 3 So I blame Silent Hill 3, I blame Konami <laughs> uh, That we all decided that mannequins need to move uh, But only when you're not looking at them mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's there's a bit about halfway through the hospital um, Where Mono has a flashlight uh, And you're you're walking through like this dark hallway and then there's like a mannequin and then it does the thing where it like teaches you were like, oh, if you shine the light on the mannequin, it won't move. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, that's that's not that bad. I can just kind of like pace myself as I move down the hallway. And so I shine the light on the mannequin and nothing happens. And then I the, the mannequin, I look away, the mannequin breaks into the door, but like I shine it back and then I can run around the mannequin and escape before it gets to me. The next room, I severely overestimated my abilities to manage multiple mannequins at once because uh, <laughs> oh, it oh goes no. from one mannequin <laughs> to about seven. Okay. Uh, that's a lot of mannequins. No. You yeah. didn't no. put any points into mannequin management. Uh, I did not. <laughs> I did, no, no. I, I put M-M. most of mine into luck and, luck? Okay. and it didn't work out. I did oh, not no. roll well. Um, this was also because I'm, I'm, I'm a professional guide writer and mm-hmm. uh, I'm paid to be good at video games. I was not aware that you could run and point the flashlight at the same time in a different oh. direction. Oh, yeah, that's okay. crucial. Yeah, so, that would be so, very hard. So what I was end up do- what I ended up doing was I would run with the flashlight and I would have to like manually turn mono around because I didn't think you could like aim and run and like so you can't run I didn't think you could run forward and aim the flashlight behind you at the same time. I didn't think like you could do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I Basically, so, tried so to trying- bru- <laughs> I tried to brute force my way through a scenario that was designed to be impossible to brute force. Cool, and because <laughs> you're it's it's supposed to teach you that you could do this, and I'm stubborn yeah. and didn't want to learn. Um, so I make my way through the through the first through this big room, and mannequin after mannequin after mannequin just grabs me, and I have never been so frustrated in my life in a video game. And, and not because I didn't refuse to learn, but because it was just, it was a mix of like, it's very tense atmosphere mm-hmm. and it's very quiet. Like the, they cut out most of the sounds except for the creaking of the mannequins. And then when they run, they like full sprint. Like they don't just kind of like shamble. They like really run at you. And if you're like, I want to say within like three feet of them, they'll like grab you and then it's just over. And they don't ever. Yeah, it's over. One, one nice thing about Little Nightmares, it doesn't like show the death of Mono. Mm-hmm. It just kind of fades the black, which I feel like makes it worse because then I'm imagining <laughs> all the horrible things. So I, I, I'm on this point for about an hour and I'm, and my wife is, a, my, my wife then fiance is asleep in the other room. 
She's like got work in the morning. She's better things to do than listen to me yell at this video game. So <laughs> I I am here stewing, stewing in my own <laughs> anger that I can't get. I can't. Me cannot get past this stupid puzzle room because I can't figure out how to turn the flashlight at the same in a different direction and run. And I think it was by complete accident. I yelled fuck as loud as I think I probably woke the neighbors when I realized <laughs> oh. uh, I could do both at the same time because I essentially just wasted an hour. And then I, right. I, I figured out I waste the next room. I'm like, did it moved on, beat it. I feel better. Next room, more mannequins immediately die. It's <laughs> <laughs> and then it sends you back to the beginning of the mannequin section. So I don't get like the good grace to get like a checkpoint in between the mm-hmm. two areas. I just get sent way back to the beginning and I'm I'm just I'm just so angry. Some guiding light. Thank you, Paul. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was Brilliant. I was debating quitting right there at my <laughs> job. Oh, but, no. That game is so good. But then so I eventually like work my way through it because I figured out how to actually play the game as intended by the developers. And I'm like, stressful parts over, did it. Mm-hmm. I want to say near the end of uh, Little Nightmares, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who doesn't want to like. So, so if you haven't, if you want to go into Little Nightmares completely blind, uh, it's obviously a little too late. I ruined one section. But <laughs> if you want, if you want to not like ruin the rest of it, uh, I'm going to talk about uh, one of the end encounters. It's not going to tell the story or the twists or. And then like mechanical that, spoiler. It's it's more or less a mechanical spoiler. There's a yeah. there's a guy, I believe his his name is the tall man. It's either the tall man or like the signal man. He's like He's the, kind of a slender dude. Yeah, kind of slender. Yeah, 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 yeah. Slender. He's a slender, very slender. Slendy boy. gentleman though. He's a gentleman though. He's in a he's in a much nicer suit and tie. He's got a nice like uh Trilby hat. Well, I don't. I don't want to. Oh, nice. I don't want to just label him as a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. gentle man, so it's a slender right. gentleman. Okay. Um, okay. So be, up to this point, you're running normal speed. You're you're doing your normal stuff. Um, I don't know why. I know why because they're cruel. The developers decided to do this. Uh, but when this boss rolls up, uh, all time just like slows down, like by a hundred percent. So like in the in the run itself isn't that challenging. But because you're going in slow mo and every movement you make as mono is like drastically reduced in speed, mm-hmm. everything just feels like you're just taking a year and a day to like move four feet. And it's it's also it's probably the most stressed I've been besides the mannequin room, like or just in general in a video game, because they do such a one of the great things about Little Nightmares. And it's something a lot of horror games really, I think, fail at is the idea of managing a chase and giving you an ex. You have both the expectation that you can escape, but that you can't escape at the same time. It's a really mm. difficult balance. It's the idea that um, the game doesn't ever feel like it's unfair in the way that the monsters chase you or the people. I don't really know how you want to classify them. Mm-hmm. Um, chase you were like our monsters people. Sometimes, sometimes, oh, but boy. I don't think this is too chill of a podcast to get into. Okay. <laughs> Unless it's somebody else's category, then we're kind of fucked, and we have. They to are in destiny. We'll, they are. Mm-hmm. They are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to. 
it's the idea that like if I'm on, if I if I mess up, there's still a moment of recovery where I can save it. Where in a lot of I think newer horror games, were like if you mess up, you're like run like in Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like mess up when Lady D is chasing you, there's like an eighty percent chance she's gonna catch you and either kill you or severely maim your character. Mm-hmm. Um, you can thank Ni- PT for that. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. in, in Little Nightmares, there's you have like a pretty. It's not generous, but there's like a just enough of a window where if you enter a room. And you don't immediately figure it out. You got a second or two to figure it out because the 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 monsters chasing you are not slow, but their animations take a bit of time. So you have some wiggle room. So there's always like that chance of escape. And this mm-hmm. the idea of putting that all in slow mo, where like you will miss a lot of those smaller details, really kind of like ratchets up the stress and the tension and the and the amount of times I have said fuck in a se- I literally <laughs> from 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 this chase sentence I don't think I said said a single word but fuck the entire time as I was being <laughs> ran through a train car by this giant slender gentleman but it sounds effective it is yeah. and I think that's one of little nightmare's strengths and I think it's something that a lot of people kind of overlooked with the game because a lot of people I think when they see Little Nightmare 2 they see it kind of as a novelty they're like oh it's a 2D horror game mm-hmm. you know it's like uh is it, it in that same like storybook side scrolling kind of room by room format that the first game was in yeah it's the same kind of like design where it's like you go into a room you kind of figure out if there if it is if it's a puzzle you kind of have to figure it out uh, if it's a chase sequence, you're kind of like being run through like multiple rooms and you have to kind of like really think on the fly, which is really fun. Um, there's some really clever puzzles like in one section, Mono can warp between TV sets. Cool. Uh, which means like so like there's like a bunch of static TVs which are brainwashing people. Uh, and what Mono, Mono gets some like ability where he can like enter a TV that has static and then emerge from another TV that's if it's turned on somewhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of like use that to manipulate the area and like get away from enemies or even trick enemies, which is very fun. Um, but I think a lot of people overlook Little Nightmares too because it's a very it's a very short game too. It's about six seven hours, which I really appreciate uh, in my line of work. Um, but Little Nightmares is one of those games where like it's not pushing the envelope of game design. It's not like really wowing people with the art direction like the first one did. Um, it's just a very solid game. It's a very mm-hmm. solid game that does that sets out what it doesn't really aim to like break the the genre mold or like define redefine everything, but it, it does a wonderful job of really immersing you in this world and giving you a very entertaining if stressful uh several hours experience that you can kind of just enjoy. It sounds really effective and uh, compelling and like a good way to get a noise violation on your lease. Yes, I agree with you, Colin, though, because that uh, that it was the long neck lady thing that got me. That was the teacher. (laughs) I hate Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, there's a there's a teacher whose neck. uh, I don't know how many feet. It's like infinite. No, no, no. We have there has there. That's that's crazy talk. There has to be a limit. It's got to be like (laughs) I'm going to guess 80 meters. It's a very long neck. It's a very inconveniently I, it, long neck. It follows you. Like, it's not great. It's it's yeah. very bad. <laughs> but it's 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 a very good game. And I it's a very short game. So if you're looking for something to play over break that you don't want to like dump hundreds of hours into, I very much recommend uh, Little Nightmares 2. Which awesome. I think I think is also mm-hmm. on Game Pass. I know it's on PC. I know it's mm-hmm. on uh, PlayStation and Xbox. I do not know 100% if it's on Game Pass right now. 
it sounds like the kind of game that would be on yeah, Game Pass. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it does sound it sounds exactly like the type of game you would see on Game Pass. Mhm. Mhm. Bite-sized, ready to download. Yes. Makes you yell a lot. Well, speaking of games uh that make you yell fuck really loud, um it's time for my category. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm here to present the 2021 Fancy Award for best fighting game that I am no longer on speaking terms with and also helped me figure out that I kind of still have some anger management problems. Guilty Gear Strive. Yeah. Yay. I'm so proud Guilty of you, Gear. Jordan, for embracing the multiplayer life and, and, and having a love-hate relationship with the game because that's that's when you really, that's me and Apex Legends. It's just pure <laughs> anger, but I'm addicted to it and I need to keep playing it. Well, well, here's let me give you a little bit of backstory. Sure. I got, I've been serious into fighting games for a long time. I got real heavy into them in high school through some friends of mine, and the two games that we played were Soul Calibur Two and Guilty Gear XX Reload. Okay. And um, so I've been playing Guilty Gear games for. Like seventeen years now. Okay, so you're a veteran. You're a veteran of the of the of the genre. Yeah, and um, every time the 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 main the main series that I would consider myself extremely proficient at are the Soul Calibur games, Mortal Kombat games, and uh, Guilty Gear. And to put what I mean by proficient into perspective. Is I've never gone to a major tournament, but I've placed, I've podium placed at local tournaments. That's still not, that's not nothing. Um, that's more than yeah. I'm going to do. Yeah, it's, so more it's not nothing. People. I usually, I usually do pretty, I usually end up with like a 2 1 win loss ratio over a few thousand games on whatever the service is. Um, I was not really all that happy with, um, the developer Arc System Works, they're the game that they put out prior to this, which was um, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, which I think is a beautiful game and put together very competently. But it's basically a Street Fighter, and that's not the kind of um, fighting game that I'm into. And they're also uh, for a long time was a, a real drought of Guilty Gear games because the characters, the original Guilty Gear, there's some copyright thing that prevented Arc System Works from being able to make more Guilty Gear games after, I think, Guilty Gear XX. Um, slash, I want to say. Guilty okay. Gear XX Slash. Uh, because, like, they owned some of the characters, but then Sammy, the publisher, owned the rights to the to other characters. And so this is when they made the Blaze Blue series. And a bunch there were a bunch of characters at the time that people would call, like, oh, that's not Soul Bad Guy. Because it was like basically soul bad guy, but not really. Right. Um, anyway, Guilty Gear finally returned. Um, they put out a, a, an updated version called Accent Core, and then Accent Core Plus and Plus R and all this stuff. And uh, then Guilty Gear made the jump to 3D with Exerd um, in the early 2010s, and then now this is the first real Guilty Gear, like proper Guilty Gear sequel that we've had in many years because Arxis got um Arxis got very sidetracked by making Persona 4 Arena and um 
Dragon Ball Fighter Z and Grand Blue Fantasy and the Blaze Blue like Cross Exodus or whatever that game is called. Sure. Um, so I was extremely excited for the release of Strive, which um, starts a new story chapter. It update updated like the graphical, like the the art style got a complete overhaul, and they really, really drilled down on what is fun about Guilty Gear, which is a high-energy anime-style fighting game that is about fast characters and combos that feel like they go on for a long time but don't actually, and um, inputting a lot of moves all at once and then watching them play out versus like a Street Fighter uh, or a King of Fighters where you have to time your moves precisely within a window of like one or two frames between each animation. Um, that's the main difference between like an anime fighter and a what someone would consider like a street fighter kind of game. Sure. Um, so Strive comes out and it's so good. Like they really mechanically just nailed it. Like yeah. they made so many smart small decisions and another another goal that they had with strive was that they wanted to make it more accessible because the way that accent core ended up and the way that exerd kind of got is that it really relied on not timing as far as linking your moves together but timing as far as reaction time and if you were in a corner and someone had a really complicated setup that they were doing you had to be able to read what they were going for and react to it within two or three frames of animation. Otherwise you were totally screwed. And there was, there's a, a move in guilty gear called a Roman cancel, which allows you to oh. <laughs> stop. It's short for romantic cancel. And in oh. the old games, a guy used Roman to candle, no. not Roman candle cancel. Oh. Uh, in the old games, whenever you would do it, a, a guy would come on and say romantic. Is, uh, it was very good. Is, we and, need more of that. We need more of that in other genres of games. Mm-hmm. Like if Guilty I get a, Gear is the, like, like if the I get a primo headshot, nonsense fighting game term game. Like if I get a headshot, mm-hmm. I want like someone to just pop up, like a developer's face to pop up in the corner and be like, headshot. And I would, headshot, I would yeah. be like, why, why don't we have more of that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they, and part, this part of the messaging for Strive was, oh, we're going to make it more accessible, but it's still going to be the same game for people who are really good at it. And that's what everybody always says about every fighting game that they're putting out. Um, So, like, nobody really took it that seriously, but this game actually does feel pretty different, and it's because they implemented a lot of, like, time-stretching and animation slowdown mechanics uh, for various instances in the game that didn't used to have them. So let's say, for instance, um, I get a counter hit on my opponent, which means they're in the middle of an attack, but I hit them with an attack that lands first or has higher priority or for or whatever. That means that they are going to get popped up in the air higher than they would normally or fly backwards further than they would normally or take more damage or it basically gives me a lot of options. And I need to be able to react to the fact that I have landed a counter hit and adjust my follow-up moves accordingly. In previous Guilty Gear games, you would land a counter hit and things would just keep moving at the same pace that they did 
at every other point in the match. But in Strive, whenever you hit a counter hit, the entire game slows down depending on the severity of the counter hit. And a big-ass thing shows up on screen that says, Counter! And you, like, cannot miss it. It is the whole screen that says counter on top of it. And that gives the player so much more time to recognize that they've landed a counter hit and then know, okay, instead of following up with heavy slash, I have to follow up with slash, down slash, heavy slash, or whatever your modified Mm -hmm. follow-up thing is. Um. So there's a bunch of that's just one example, but there's a ton of little things that they did like that that look and feel like style choices at first, but are actually really critical gameplay mechanical decisions that they made that made this game so much easier to read and so much easier to react to in a way that does not remove any capability from the people who are extremely good at this game, but that allow people like me who are like highly competent at fighting games, but maybe don't have razor thin reaction margins. Like I'm better at this guilty gear than I've ever been at any guilty gear. And it's specifically because of these, because of these sorts of changes that they made. Um, Another example would be like roaming canceling used to just end the move that you did and allow you to start another one instantly at the cost of some meter. And, but nothing else changed. And so it was basically like adding an extra button input to the middle of your combo. Now it pops the person up and makes them float slowly back down to the ground until your next button input. So if you land a roaming cancel, you have time to get into position and set up your next combo instead of having to go into it instantly. Um I feel a dark turn coming. I feel. So, I, I feel. Yeah, this is there's, a, there's like, there's like you you started this out by telling me that you're no longer on speaking terms, and now mm-hmm. we're, and I'm getting, I'm getting sold on the game. I'm getting, I'm loving it. I'm hearing the story. It's great. And then I, I know in the back of my mind, there's a mannequin. <laughs> there's a mannequin waiting to move. <laughs> oh, no! I, I'm not. I'm not. Look. I'm not gonna look, Jordan. Mm-hmm, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. look. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell me. You gotta, you gotta feed me the dinner. You gotta feed me the vegetables now. <laughs> okay, well, get ready to eat your vegetables. So, um, because of these changes, I'm better at strive than I've ever been at any Guilty Gear. Probably better than I've ever been at any fighting game. Period. And um, online ranked mode has a tier system that is represented as a like tower. And there are 10 floors on the tower, and the higher the floor, the better at the game you are. And you um, can make it all the way to, to floor 10. And once you're at floor 10, there's a secret floor above, well, it was secret when the game launched. There's a secret floor above floor 10 that's the celestial floor. Oh. And in order to get into the celestial floor, you have to win five matches without losing two matches. And a match is. Um, Best two out of three rounds. And at floor 10, it's where all the good people are. And so like, so like the idea is that celestial floor is, is for like the God tier tournament winning people. It's for the, for the best of the best. It's for the best of the best of the best. And it took me a while, but I made it into celestial floor. Let's go. And the problem with that is that once you get into celestial floor, it's not so much about, 
I mean, it's still, it's always going to be about which player is better than the other player because who's making, who has faster reaction times, who's making better decisions, who knows their character and the matchup better and stuff like that. But the character matchups become so crucially important. The balance between the characters becomes so crucially important because um, I don't, like, I know every, my main character is May. She's the orphan queen of the jellyfish pirates. Okay. And I know every single thing that May can do, and I know most of the best ways of approaching the other characters. And the other thing to know about Guilty Gear Strive, this is a little different now because a couple of DLC characters have come out, but there aren't very many characters in this game. There are like 12 characters. And so the matchups are really well-defined, and you learn them very, very well because there's so few different characters that you're going up against. And this is where the whole thing sort of falls apart because when the game launched and in within the first 10 floors of the tower, May is one of the best characters that there is because she is a charge character. So a lot less of her moves depend on really specific um, execution. She has a lot of travel, which means that her moves move her around the screen a lot. And once you get good at it, you can, uh, you're very quick and can kind of get to whatever part of the screen you need to go to very, very quickly. And it uh, cause a lot of pressure for the other uh, opponent. And she is, her combos are short, but she's an extremely high damaging character. So if you catch, if you don't know the May matchup with your character, you can catch a May on a bad afternoon and within five seconds of the round starting have three fourths of your health bar gone because that's just how she does if you're not prepared for it. The problem is that on Celestial Floor, every single person is prepared for it. And <laughs> it turns out May is like a C-tier character at uh, best. Oh, no. Once you get that to Celestial Floor. It's, it's that situation. And so the actual best characters in the game are Axel and Milia Rage and Soul Bad Guy for a while until they kind of nerfed him, but not really. And... um. The problem is, is that once once I made it to Celestial Floor, I'd put like 110 hours into this game. Right. And only playing this character. Right. And she's just like, I could beat any normal person at a match of Guilty Gear Strive with May without issue. But that's not what I'm playing fighting games for. And it's not what I've ever played fighting games for. It's I want to be the absolute best that I can possibly be. But I don't have Goku energy about it. I've got Vegeta energy about it. <laughs> You're just bitter and angry. And yeah. So who's your Kakarot? Is there? Was there like someone at Celestial that you kept running into? Uh, I, you would run into people. You would run into the same people a lot because there's not that many people on Celestial right. floor, yeah. and it's also the matchmaking is regional. So like you choose. Oh, I'm matching on the West Coast of the U.S., and so it puts you with other West Coast players. Um. But there wasn't a specific person, but there were characters for sure. Like oh. Axel is is a Axel is the best character in the game, hands down, no question. Like he hasn't won every single tournament since the game launched. But if a player knows, if a player has mastered Axel's like sort of poke, like ranged poking game, uh, you just can't get near him, especially if you're May, because May is a more simplistic character than a lot of the other ones. She has a she has 
way fewer options for how she has to approach a situation. And they're all very easily read if the other person is as experienced as you would need to be to be at Celestial Floor. Um, so, you, so May just can't get in on Axel without playing, like doing a bunch of these really annoying little tricks that are very obvious to um, predict because it's the only way that she has to get in. So I felt like I was having the time of my life all the way through those 10 floors. And then once I got to Celestial, it was like hitting a brick wall and I got better and I'm better at this game and fighting games in general because of my time at Celestial Floor. But um, May's just not competitive there. And I'm not going to put in another 110 hours to learn a character that is less fun to play because they are competitive. Right. Only, and that's to, the, only to possibly be nerfed. And Right. Well, and that's the thing is that they've had two balance updates since this game came out. Two or three at this point since this game came out. And they continue to improve the characters that are already the best because I think Arc System Works wants a more spread out distribution of which characters are considered good and which characters are bad. And that used to, that's how they always did the older Guilty Gear games, but the older Guilty Gears had twice as many characters. And so now, if you like, when this game launched, the difference between the worst character in the game and the best character in the game was like two tiers. You had like S tier characters and B tier characters and that's it. And now it's, it's getting to the point where you've got like, you know, Axel, who's like triple S SSR rank, like best character in the game. And then like, um, May and Faust and Potemkin down at the bottom at like D tier. And like that much space between those characters doesn't work when you've only got, 12 or 14 characters now it's way it like the players options for wanting to be competitive are drastically more limited than in another like in an older in like something like dragon ball fighters where you've got dozens of characters and like okay yeah videl may may not be especially good but android 21 is really strong and so i can play her and i still have fun right so like it got to the point where I was losing a lot and I wasn't having fun anymore and I was going to bed angry and like playing for <laughs> hours longer than I would have I've otherwise because I there. was so mad. I've been there. I and know like not understanding why I was losing and then understanding why I was losing, but figuring out that there's nothing really that I could do about it and just losing to the same matchups over and over again. And then, being like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll keep going. I got to keep practicing for the next patch because the next patch, surely they're going to do something about this. And then they just make the situation worse. And I just don't, it wasn't healthy for me legitimately. And I uninstalled the game and wrapped up my arcade stick that I bought custom artwork for earlier in the year because this game was coming out and it's in the closet. And um, I'm just not, well, I don't know may, if I'll that may, that go back buff, to it. That May buff rolls in, though. That May buff comes out. <laughs> well, that's I, the danger, you, you right? Gotta, you got to roll back in. You got to establish dominance. You got to let everyone know, hey, yeah. I've been, you know, I took a break, but I'm here. Well, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't expect a May buff to come in because May has always been a mid-low tier character, historically. 
Um, there have been people who have done well at tournaments with May and like finished top eight at Evo with May or something that happened this year. Um, but her place in the guilty gear hierarchy is not as the best character. And I think that's by design on, on Arxis's side. And for a while it seemed like, Oh, since they have so few characters this time, maybe this is really May's time to shine. Uh, but no, it turns out it's not. Um, so yeah, congratulations, Guilty Gear, uh, for cupping my heart in your hands and then just dropping it on the floor. Oh, Jordan. No, 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 notable follow-up <laughs> winner to this is Respawn Entertainment for Apex Legends. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> honorable, mention, honorable mention to Respawn Entertainment. Because just, just real quick, I am in the same boat, but I play the C tier legend Crypto in Apex Legends, mm. who is also <laughs> not meta right now, and I have dumped hundreds of hours into that game, so I've been there. Okay, well, I'm I'm glad I'm not the only one. And like I, again, I want to reiterate how like mechanically smart and ingenious so much of this game is it's just specific decisions about character abilities and uh you know like frame data and like startup frames and like all the super esoteric fighting game community shit that 99.9 percent of people don't care about and won't ever need to care about right like Guilty, like Guilty Gear Strive is the best fighting game that came out this year, hands down. It's the best Guilty Gear there's ever been, hands down. It's maybe the best Arc System Works game there's ever been, hands down. It's a incredible game. It is like it's a hard sell. Um, I should caveat that by saying that if you plan on playing against other people, if you're buying it as a single player game, there's barely anything there. So don't so look elsewhere. But if you like playing fighting games against other real people, either in person or online, it's the, it's like genre defining. It's so good. It's an exceptional video game. Um, I just had a bad experience with it because one sunk cost fallacy two not being willing to learn a new character and three, not being able to take at this competitive level. And because of some unresolved baggage from high school, not being able to take those losses on the nose and just keep rolling and having fun with it. Sure. Video games. They they we, they make us angry. They do. They can make us angry. Dylan, if, you're, if you're if you're if your fucking <laughs> choice is like another angry like, or like negative thing, I think this is gonna be the most negative. No one's gonna think this is an actual game because Danielle started this out with a very upbeat, a very positive and happy one, <laughs> yeah. and then Jordan and I just dragged it into the fucking darkness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Chief is over here on like the most serene video game of 2021. <laughs> Me and Colin are just like punching a wall in a corner until people stop noticing. <laughs> so the thing mad. is, I can't play something. Legitimately, if something stresses me out that much, I I can't do it. I just I, there's no place in my life anymore for it. I just can't. Yeah. So like yeah. I I respect what y'all are going through. I truly do. Well, it's I, I feel stubbornness like more sometimes. than anything else. <laughs> like yeah. it's like I know that I'm I know that I'm capable of performing well and winning this and it's not that i'm upset that the other guy beat me or it's not that i'm mad at that other person for having beat me it's that that i'm upset at myself for having lost 
right? And I know that I'm capable of doing better. And so I'm going to go back in there, even though it's 5.30 in the morning and I've been playing since midnight, like I'm going to go back in there and I'm going to do one more round and I'm going to win and then I feel better and then I'll go to sleep. But even if I win, I don't feel better. And that was the moment when I realized like, this is unsustainable. I have way too much shit to do and life is hard enough without inviting this kind of stress into it. Um, so I wish that I could, I wish that it were different. I wish that I could just play a fighting game and have fun with it. Like real people do, uh, (laughs) instead of having this brain disease that makes me think that the only two states of playing a fighting game are winning Evo or nothing. But unfortunately that's where I'm at. But, uh, here to rescue us from my tale of, of woe and disappointment <laughs> is, is guides editor Dylan Skiffington. Please, please. Yeah. Us. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully I'm not going to drag us back down to that. Not really. Uh, although it, it does focus on uh, my particular problem. Uh, oh. So the, the award is uh, best game where I go from zone to zone, clearing everything before moving on when I should probably just focus on the main quest. <laughs> oh, it's Sable too. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Sable Two's already out. Oh, right. <laughs> Sable as well. <laughs> so I was considering Cyberpunk for this, but that's actually the opposite problem. <laughs> Cyberpunk, you should just never do the main quest; just do the side stuff because the main quest is bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, and has bad writing. Um, I was going to do Elder Scrolls Online which probably would have won it just because MMOs have so many side quests. Uh, but then I went and started playing Final Fantasy XIV, which is oh, no. oh, by far no. the worst defender. <laughs> <laughs> because at least in all the scrolls online, everything is voice acted and very few of the side quests are just like, go kill me some things and then bring me back their pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they really don't do that. Usually a lot of their side quests are, you know, story based. Uh, and, and actually pretty high quality, but especially in a realm reborn, which is infamously known for being bland and boring and cut and paste MMO esque stuff. Uh, so, so, so many of the side quests are just like that. There was this lady in one of the starting areas who I just walked up to and she was just like, Hey, Hey, you there go, you know, I'm, I'm doing science here. Go get me, go get me three heads of these things. And then I bring, I'm like my character for some reason, it's just like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And so I, I go kill the three things and I come back and she's like, I know you, you don't work for me, but now you're going to go get these five things for me. And I go and kill those five things to bring them back. And then she does it again. And for some reason, I just I still do them like I'm, I'm just <laughs> like still doing it. huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying taking my time through that game. I know I should just focus on the main quest because that game of all games gets much better once you get through the a realm reborn and get on to the first expansion. Like that, that is the game to just please just skip through everything in the beginning. And yet I am still playing all of the side quests. Uh, like yesterday I was playing uh, after getting through the, you know, the 5,000 person log in queue after two hours. Oh my uh, God. I don't 5,000. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, I, I've had people Jordan that I know playing final fantasy leave their cues on when they go to work, come back from work after eight hours and still be in fucking queue for this <laughs> game. Uh, Emron yeah. said something on 99 potions recently that they 
converted test servers into live production servers to help ease the server load. Yeah, well. Which for for uh for an MMO to go that far is crazy. Yeah, I because I, basically they had to flash their entire server bank, their test server bank, and reinstall their images on it. Yes, that's wild. I hadn't heard of that. Um, but yeah, I genuinely know people who log in first thing in the morning and just leave it open and move every fifteen minutes so they can play twelve hours later when they're done with work. <laughs> Because uh, in the morning, the logging queues are like 200 people. It's, it's not bad at all. But so, yeah, I'm sitting through all these queues just to to go play side quests. Like yesterday, <laughs> I, I did some main quests missions. And You're I like suffering for the worst reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, yesterday, I did a few main quests and I locked 18 side missions in the zone that I'm in. That Dope. I have to go pick up and do. And like, I'm enjoying taking my time with the game. I'm enjoying not rushing through it. But I am aware in the back of my head that I am suffering a little bit, but I'm still somehow having a good time. <laughs> like, I know I should push through this to unlock better, you know, gear to unlock more features of the game. And and somehow I've just opted to, to, to suffer through the most boring quests in existence. Like so many of so much of that game, even the main quest in A Realm Born is. I kid you not. Uh, we were like, oh, well, we need to get help from these people that slew titan you know like 10 years ago or something Mm -hmm. so i go up to this person and the person's like you need to prove yourself to me go go kill these and then i do that and he's like well you're not you haven't proved yourself go do this and i do that that person's turns out that person's an imposter not the person we're looking for we go to the actual person we go to the actual person the actual person's like i don't know who you are you need to prove yourself (laughs) 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 and then that leads to like this whole thing where he's like, you need to get food for this party. You need to get wine from these people. And then, and then I finally do that. And the entire time, one of the people I'm with from the signs of the seventh dawn, which is like the group that you're with or whatever, who I've already proven myself to is literally just sitting there watching me do all this stuff. And after like three hours of doing this questing, the person's like, wow, I can't believe you did that. I would, I would have just refused. I'm like, why didn't you say anything the entire time? And just Thanks, let them asshole. know that I'm I'm useful. Like you already know that I've slain two primals or whatever. You already know that I'm the real thing, and you just let <laughs> watched me do all this for nothing. That's something I would have done if I was like a character in an MMO. I would have been the guy that, like, after you finish all the quests, be like, "Wow, yeah, you didn't need to do any of that. I don't know why you did any of that. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you get eighteen rat pelts for this guy? That was a huge waste of time. <laughs> but so just so just MMO shit, Dylan." Yeah. Yeah, I, I just do it. I don't I don't I don't know why I'm doing it. I don't need to be doing it. Uh, I probably should just focus on the main quests, but I'm somehow not like completely bored out of my mind doing it. I don't I don't and I really don't know why. So how many how many expansions do you need to get through to get to the new content? So there's a Realm Reborn, which is the base game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then there's and then what? uh Heavensward. Heavensward. And then there's Stormblood. Stormblood. And then- Storm, no, not Stormblood, something blood. And then Storm, nope. I don't know. <laughs> There's Stormbringers and then Endwalker. If only we had a, we had a website where we, yeah. <laughs> where we wrote about this game and we could look this up right now. There are four expansions. Um, okay. And easily, you know, I easily have like 100 hours of main story content to get through before I catch up. And instead I'm spending like 40 hours clearing zones. And... 
the worst part I found is unlike Elder Scrolls Online, where once you go into a zone, all the quests are available. You can literally just walk up to someone and grab a quest. Mm-hmm. The worst part about Final Fantasy is more quests unlock and zones you've already finished as you continue leveling up and progressing. Oh, no. So it's just like, so oh, you I have cleared- to go back. Yeah. Yeah. So like I cleared the starting zone and then I came back at like level 30 and there were five more side quests to do. And then I came back at level 50 and there were 10 more side quests to do. <laughs> now, oh, no. I've, I've always been curious. H- how big is the map? In Final Fantasy 14. I mean, it's it's pretty big. It's hard to nail down because um, there's a, not all the zones connect. Sure. Uh, so, like, uh, there's, like, an island. I think it's called Lenosha, um, where there's, like, five or six zones that are connected that you can walk in between. But if you want to go to, you know, the mainland, you have to take, like, a ship or something. Um, but it's, it's pretty big. And, I mean, I've spent... But the thing is, I've spent like 40 hours, 40, 50 hours, and I've spent most of that. And like. So the way I would compare it is uh, each zone is a country and then they're like zones within that country, essentially. Mm-hmm. OK. Uh, and I've essentially spent 40 to 50 hours in like four to five countries. But OK. There are how many, obviously how many more. countries are there? Like if you were uh, to guess, guesstimate like. Oh, I don't know, like 15 to 20, probably. I don't know. I, I'm still in a realm of born, so I can't right. really look at all the DLC maps and all the new zones that those add. Sure. But uh, there's a lot. There, there's there's a lot. And that that is why I'm never going to pick that game up, uh, <laughs> because I'm the same way. I need to, I go into an area. I have to clear everything before I'm allowed to move on. Is it just to get the icons off the map? Is yes, that what does yes. it? Yes, it's it is for me at least to get the yeah. I, yeah, Dylan. I hate I, map clutter. I hate knowing that there's stuff I need to. I'm this way in like every RPG. I'm like, gotta <laughs> do the side quests before I continue with the main quest. Because what if the main quest locks off the side quest? Sure. And even even in games like Final Fantasy, where I know that can't happen because it's an MMO, mm-hmm. uh, I still have that itch to clear everything because I have to. So are, are you at least like totally? decked out and like set for currency and crafting materials and stuff from doing all this not really no (laughs) (laughs) what do you get for doing these quests uh gear that i'm already over leveled for that i can maybe turn into glamour if it looks good otherwise i just sell it you just sell it satisfaction jordan of having a clean map yeah i guess does the map not let you turn off those markers no can you just do that instead no i don't think you can no, no. I just get some currency and a thing that I can glamour if it looks nice or sell it. That's basically it. I'm I'm really just doing these to clear them out. <laughs> so how many how many like major story beats into the primary Realm Reborn story are you? Uh, I would say I'm probably. So the way Final Fantasy works is there are each main quest has a level associated with it. Like, you know, uh, like you got to be like level 38 to do this main quest, yada, yada. I'm over leveled. I'm like 50 or something. And I believe that around we're born, the final, uh, the final main story quest is level 50. Okay. Uh, and I am at level 38 quests. So I'm probably like 80% of the way through around we're born. Oh, okay. Main quest. okay. I was worried that you were going to be like, yeah, I've been playing for 50 hours and I've only done two main story quests. There's oh, like 200 no, more hours left. Don't worry, boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the real problem is after I clear a zone, I have to go back and check to make sure there are more because for some reason, it doesn't even tell you when there's new quests unless you Mm. go into the zone. 
So like I can look on my map and look at the zone, but until I go into the zone, it won't tell me if there are new quests. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. So every time you level, you're going back through every zone. No, not every time. Just whenever I happen (laughs) to go through there. Oh, I see. So like, I'll be, I'll be like, Oh, finally I can do main quests. And then I do one mission and then travel into another zone. And I'm like, all right, there's three here. I have to come back to, there's like five there. I have to come back to. (laughs) So this is going to, I mean, you're getting bang for your buck, right? Oh yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, a ton of content take for as much as I'm spending. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy with it. Just letting, well, that's good. Just letting Destiny I'm, collect dust on the digital shelf. Well, that's it's it's Destiny is a dust generation apparatus. It doesn't just collect <laughs> dust. It like, <laughs> des, like Destiny produces and refines dust into a, a currency that you need to unlock sterling dust. <laughs> <laughs> which allows you to buy uh, new pants, new pants. Yeah, yeah. That aren't very good. Welcome to the destiny shitting on hour where we just shit on I destiny. Mean, honestly, you could tell me that's what this game is and I will believe you. I'll be like, yeah, there's the Vex who are the confounding pyramids and the dust does the hey. thing and you make mm-hmm. the dust and it's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. I have mm-hmm. no idea. So yeah. Basically. Well, Dylan is there. Anything else you would like to say about your award or any runner runners up that you might want to mention cyberpunk or anything like that? No, just cyberpunk and Elder scrolls, but I don't know. I can't believe cyberpunk was essentially this year. Cause I didn't beat it until January. That's mm-hmm. my brain can't comprehend. That feels like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Yeah. There are a bunch of games that came out this year that don't feel like it. Like, uh, Colin mentioned earlier, little nightmares two was out this year. Um, Persona Super Mario. Strikers. Do what? Persona Five Strikers came out. I think in like March, which yeah, Strikers also came out. Uh, Valheim. Um, mm-hmm. Valheim. Uh, so Monster many. Hunter Rise was out this year. Oh right, it was. Anything yeah. that happened before July just didn't happen in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Every month is three months now, and <laughs> uh, but somehow only takes five days to get through. It's really confusing. Um, but if, you're, but if you're here and you're listening to this, it means that not only did you get through, uh, our entire game of the year salvo of podcasts, but you've also made it through the year more or less. So congratulations to you, dear listener for, uh, weathering the storm, literal and figurative and, uh, coming out the other side of it. And who knows what next year will entail, but, um, yeah, I don't. I don't have any. I, I would. We'll be We're trying to raise the morale here. After. Well, I, I I hesitate to give any proclamations of greatness because I don't want to jinx anything. Sure. I oh, feel yeah, like I feel I like every year. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, I feel like every year for the past like six years, people have been like getting to the end of December and being like, "All right, well, that was rough, but next year's really going to turn <laughs> around," and then. So, we, look got, what we, we have Elden Ring coming out uh, very we soon. We do have so Elden we Ring. We have that out. to look forward to. So That's look, true. So just look, take it in increments. Look forward to Elden Ring and then <laughs> nothing else beyond that. Yeah. To use the use the Natalie Flores method of uh, staying alive only for the next video game that you <laughs> exactly. want to, to yeah. come out. <laughs> it's um, never going to backfire. Never going to backfire. Uh, I got an analog pocket pre order this morning. So that's going to keep me going See? for years baby who knows when that thing's gonna show up (laughs) so um until then though 
until the next milestone that you're staying alive for, uh, there's plenty of other podcasts here on the Fanbyte Podcast Network to keep you entertained. Uh, you can check out all of those at podcastnet.work. Uh, some of them, like this one, are produced by uh, our lovely producer, Paul Tamayo. Hey, Paul, thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for everything you do uh, here at home in Los Angeles, elsewhere, all over the world. It's Paul. It's Mr. <laughs> Worldwide, they call him. And yeah. uh, if it's not Paul, it's me doing that. And they don't call me Mr. Worldwide because I never leave my apartment. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, you can have a whole world of imagination at fanbyte.com, which just lost or just launched uh, its brand new site web redesign, which yeah. looks slick as hell. It's yeah. reactive on mobile and tablet devices. Um, it It is uh, like a dark mode kind of thing. So you can read it in bed and not burn your eyeballs out. Uh, the site is divided into two categories, uh, which we we find are extremely scientific and precise games and not games. Yep. And then there's a podcast tab and then coming soon. I don't know if it'll be live by the time you hear this or not, but coming soon, uh, our own final fantasy 14 vertical, the link shell will be up and running, uh, for those helmed. looking to clean up their maps. Yeah. For if you're looking yeah. to clean up your map, like <laughs> Dylan, you want to know how to not spend 50 hours doing it. You can do this on, uh, the link helmed by a legendary Final Fantasy haver, Michael Hyam. (laughs) (laughs) Final Fantasy haver. That's his his claim to fame. He's one of many. He's the only person to own the game. Everyone else is just renting it. I was trying to think of a, what is the, like a noun for someone who is currently having a fantasy? Right. Right. Daydreamer <laughs> pervert, Paul says. In chat. Like, yeah. uh, w- world famous Final Fantasy XIV pervert, Michael Hyam. Um, we also got Mike Williams over there. We got Stephen Strom over there. We got Natalie Flores over there. We got a lot of great folk putting in that work. Yeah. Um, all perverts, Paul says. And that all is wonderful accurate. wonderful perverts, and all we love them. All beautiful, yeah. cherished perverts. Building shell. And, all perverts. Um, <laughs> Uh, speaking of beautiful and cherished perverts, the perverts on this call with me uh, can be found at various places on the internet. Uh, Danielle, you can be found at Danielle R.I. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. On the Twitter, Colin is uh, at Beguiled Gamer. Uh, Dylan is at uh, Squibblin. Are you still at Squibblin or did you yep. change it? Yep, that's right. All right, it's like Dylan, but with a squib. And you can find me at Jordan <laughs> underscore Mallory on Twitter. And uh, while you're there, follow Fanbyte at Fanbyte Media. Check out all the cool stuff on the brand new website. We've got a Twitch channel where we're streaming uh, a lot. We got uh, we got a Merit Souls intermission happening right now with Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Uh, we got the uh, what's it? Retro Landfill? Is that her yeah, her old bad Retro games Landfill. thing? If you like Kusoge, show up to Retro Landfill on Wednesdays. You know, John does a thing on Tuesday mornings. Uh, Steven Funke is, tr- is streaming on uh, Wednesday evening sometimes. It's there's no matter what day it is, as long as it's not a weekend, but sometimes on the weekends, you can probably <laughs> find something pretty entertaining on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash fanbite. I think that does it for our game of the year coverage, at least for this episode. I don't know why I've adopted this cadence. Keep that dial tuned to channel F. Yeah. <laughs>